I also opened um, reverse channel, as we call it, which is basically when salespeople from other companies reach out to our management team. And then... Hello, and a big welcome to Hot Sauce, where we'll cover the hottest topics within sauce together with brilliant guests. Are you also curious about fast-growing companies and the people behind them? Welcome aboard. My name is Max Nyman. I'm the CEO of LimeGo, and this is an interactive podcast where you can give suggestions on upcoming guests and topics. You can also jump into discussions with other listeners by leaving comments or upvoting their suggestions. I'm determined to become one of the greatest within B2B sauce, which is why I invite thought leaders and pick their brains about how to scale their companies. However, there are so many fast-growing companies out there and new ones appearing all the time. I only know a fraction, and that's why I want to give you the opportunity to have an impact on the episodes and its content. Hit the link in the episode to interact and affect. Enough already, let's get to it. All right, Christina, warm welcome. Thank you so much, Max. Good to have you on board. So for the people listening, what is your role and which company do you work at? So I'm uh, the head of sales at Contentu based in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. And uh, approximately how big is the company? Which markets are you operating in? And uh, how long has the company been around for? So uh, we have around 50 employees plus another 10 more uh, which are working in the, the product team uh, in the east of Europe. So mm. in total it will be around 70. Mm. And uh, how long has it been around? Yeah, it was founded in 2017 by uh, our founder Jidun. Wow, that's a short, uh, short amount of years. Yeah, quite young. Yeah. Indeed. Cool. And in terms of markets, uh, where are you operating? Yes, so we're currently operating actually all around the world, mainly Europe, uh, and that's basically Nordics, uh, some clients in, in the south of Europe, like France, Spain, uh, but the two main markets are definitely uh, Netherlands, Germany, although we also have some clients in the US and some in Asia, so basically all around the world. Wow, yeah, definitely. And uh, what's your ICP when you sell? Who's the perfect persona? Yeah, so uh, when it comes to the company, it has to be a company of ideally between 100, 400, 500 employees. Um, they have to be quite content mature, so they have to publish blogs, uh, all kinds of resources, white papers, uh, ebooks. Um, ideally, also to have uh, different languages available on the website okay. or at least the contents, and uh, have uh, more than two people in marketing departments as mm. well. All right, and that is a good segue for the, the elevator pitch. What kind of problems do you solve? Hit it. Yes, so basically we enable companies to have a scalable workflow when it comes to creating content. Mm -hmm. So we provide them the workflow, which is mainly our CSM, Client Success Manager team, uh, together with the software that we built to manage all the projects and the talent team. Yeah. Talent team are all freelancers. They've been pre-assessed by us, by our also called talent team. Um, and also we choose the freelancers that are going to be part of uh, the client's team so the client doesn't have to choose their own freelancers. Yeah. And uh, how complex would you say that the product is in terms of average deal size and sales cycle? So the sales cycle is on average two months, two to three months. Yeah. Um, and the size is 22k mm. euros euros yep. yeah yeah mm. sorry you're in sweden yeah. Euros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. um so yeah uh, 
Cool. Thanks for the like uh, the context. Now let's move into some some topics. And uh, first of all, starting with um, uh, with you, um, how long have you been at Contento, and and why are you staying? Yes. So I've been working at Contento for one year and a half now. Um, I've been growing super fast in the company. Um, Although that happened in every single company that I worked for, to be honest. Yeah. But here I started as an AE. Um, I think one month or two months after that, I was promoted as team leader. I was already a team leader in my previous company. Oh. And um, this May, I was promoted to head of sales. That's a good, uh, good fast journey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, one year. So yeah. I'm quite happy and proud. Yeah, and, you should uh, be. Yes, definitely. And uh, reasons why I'm staying, definitely the culture. (laughs) So I used to work for a Swedish company, uh, uh, Flowbox, maybe you know it. And uh, that was my first time working uh, in a SaaS environment, also in sales, and with a very laid back uh, culture and environments. And after that experience, where I also, by the way, met my best friends now, um, I decided that I didn't want to work anymore for corporates. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you found again. the sweet spot. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, funny enough, when I got the job at Contento, I also got three other jobs uh, offers and I chose Contento, which was the one with the lowest uh, salary, but the best culture. And that's what I'm saying. Nice. And can you elaborate a bit about the culture? What is it that makes it so good? Yeah, well, um, so we have a lot of flexibility. So literally every morning I can decide whether if I work from home or I go to the office, I can work remote. So for instance, uh, last February, I worked the whole month from Thailand. Nice. All the time traveling around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in that sense, it's super, super nice. How, how did that work with expense. the time difference? Yeah. Uh, so it's not that bad because you have to work from 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. Yeah. But I made the huge mistake of staying at party hostels. Okay. So, so that was <laughs> a bit challenging. And then I was also moving around every two, three days. So I was having like a proper backpacking trip while yeah. working. Wow. That, that seems like a, a difficult balance to maintain over a month. Yes, definitely. And I definitely have to sort out my uh, FOMO issues. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do everything all the time. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and what else besides flexibility? Uh, well, international environments. So I'm an expat myself. I'm from Spain. And um, when I started, I was actually the second expat, I think. Yeah. Mm. And now half of the companies are foreigners. So that's super nice. So we have more Spanish people, Mexican, but also Italian, uh, French from all over the, the world. And that's really, really nice. Mm. Cool. And um, last thing to point out about the culture, the team outings, of course, a lot of team outings, uh, dinners, activities, parties, and at the end, events. Uh, you really events. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can really consider your colleagues as friends. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and to um, mention some background, we've met at what is it two events now, Saster and Sassiest. Yes. Yeah, yes. and uh, I guess you're also like heavy on on the events perhaps because of your your uh, like ICP and who you want to sell to. Indeed. So when I took over the position in, in May, we were only doing pure outbounds, old school, yeah. and some inbounds. And then I opened the event channel. 
So this year we've been attending to as many events as we can uh, yeah. to decide which ones make sense to go again next year and yeah. which ones are basically And, and how, how has that gone so far? Like, have you been evaluating the, the progress and uh, the success of it? Well, we've been having a look at, of course, at the um, well, KPI, such as how many meetings we booked, but also uh, how many converted, so how many deals we got out of it in mm. the AOI of the events, uh, but also uh, the size of the event, the audience. For instance, we went to one event, IFA, in Berlin, mm -hmm. which it turned out to be a trade show okay. for home appliances. So, <laughs> uh, not at all Lovely. our type of events. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay, but but uh, what what is the ROI for now? Like because for me events that that channel is a bit fuzzy. It's difficult to measure unless you do a very proper follow up on the like people you get in contact with, and you you have to measure it long term as well. Uh, have have you gotten any insights on that? So far, and I'm not counting the ones that we went to in September because that's too fresh. Mm. But for Q1 and Q2, we closed at least one deal per event, mm. so that covers the the cost kind yeah. of. Mm. Um, and, um, yeah, when it comes to tracking, we've built, uh, automated sequences to make sure we follow up with everybody because it's true that you really have to follow up and ACIP, otherwise they lose interest. Um, and then I meet regularly with my sales up, uh, Arlette, you also know her, mm. uh, to keep track of, yeah, of all the performances. Yeah. And then talking about inbound, outbound and then events, uh, are there any other like channels for you as head of sales that you think are, are super important, like working with the omni-channel or the new buzzword called all bound? Uh, like what what are you what are you seeing that really works for you guys? Yeah, so besides opening events, I also opened um, reverse channel, as we call it, which is basically when salespeople from other companies reach out to our management team. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to like this one. Yeah. And then we accept to have a meeting only in exchange of having a meeting with our ICB from their company. So with their contents marketing manager. Wow. How, is that a new <laughs> channel that you set up or like how old is that? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, uh, it's been going on for like uh, four months, three months. Yeah. Uh, yeah and uh, it's working pretty well. I think we already closed a couple of deals that way. And uh, I've never heard it before, so no, it's, I mean, uh, neither. I love it. Made by Contento. <laughs> yeah, yeah, clearly. And that's why we're having this uh, this talk, basically. Yeah. Uh, and um, another one, super important, and I think it's uh, it's becoming more and more important, um, is the referral channel. Mm. So people who we used to work with us and they change companies, but also when we have a very satisfied uh, and happy client, we also ask him or her if uh, he knows someone who can benefit from our services. Mm -hmm. And referrals is very important now because I'm seeing a switch in the market where um, relationship building is super important and outbound is not performing as well as it used to do. And, and talking about the referrals, I mean, it's obviously important and, and a bit more easy to ask the happy customers about like a recommendation or tip. Do you always ask in like lost deals as well, like lost opportunities? Not, not for now. No. But I'm going to have a thought. So. Yeah, have a thought. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Have you done it? Uh, we're, we're implementing it, um, but I think it's uh, something that's uh, easily forgotten because, uh, like, if you lose, you lose for a reason, right? And then it's, um, 
I think the mindset is you have to uh, fix that. Yeah, we lost, but that doesn't mean anything in the next dialogue, basically. Um, so I think it's more of a, about like implementing it with a checklist rather than uh, it doesn't work. That's my take. Yeah. No, it's definitely a good idea. And we're doing something similar, which we call the happy churn. So we're basically now analyzing who churn for other reasons rather than contento, for okay. so, um, internal reasons. Uh, but when they left, they were still happy with us. So we want to we want to re-engage with them, and maybe it makes sense in those cases to ask them for referrals because yeah. they were indeed happy. Definitely, yeah. I'm gonna write it down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, take notes. I'm, yeah. I'm doing it too, so. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and I hope the listeners are as well. Um, mm-hmm. But okay, we've covered a bit of events. You mentioned the reversed channel. I love that one. Mm-hmm. Referrals. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell me a bit about the inbound versus outbound as well? Yeah. Um... Well, when it comes to outbound, I like to follow a multi-channel strategy, yeah. of course. So that's uh, LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn, uh, phone calls, uh, video pitching. I don't know if you're doing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, email sequences. Yeah. So those are the channels we're using. And uh, then inbound, um, well, we're working right now on how to improve it. So we're analyzing um, if we can increase the conversion by... Um, well, improving the way we follow up or if marketing should be more strict when qualifying uh, MQLs. So we're currently working on that one. But basically the type of MQLs that we have or inbound are people who download the content or booked a demo directly with us on the website. Uh, Yeah, so based on engagement. Interesting. And um, the percentage could be a bit higher when it comes to inbound. It can always be, right? Yeah, <laughs> the struggle always can always be better. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned uh, a bit about the, the channels, but how how does uh, your team look? Uh, is it uh, a bunch of account executives? Uh, how many and uh, the structure of it? Yes. So we have well, we changed a lot, and I hope my team is not going too crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um. So back in the days, maybe this also helps as inspiration. Back in the days when I started, we had bots, so one BDR with one AE, yep. and also uh, divided per market yep. teams. Uh, when I took over, I destroyed it, basically. So we don't have any more markets. All the AEs are selling everywhere in Europe, um, especially because in the SaaS environment, you see that there are a lot of expats working in different companies, so like myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't really make sense. And the, the results are improving. Yeah. And all BDR is booking for all AEs as well. So right now I have, I think around five BDRs and three AEs. Yeah. And how was that the transition went? Because I can imagine that, yeah, you get a lot of like knowledge sharing and you get more availability because you have multiple people on both ends. But uh, how, what has been good and what has been bad? Um... Well, I think if you're focusing on one single market, it can be challenging slash unfair because for real, you have differences mm. from market to market. I mean, myself in Flowbox, I used to sell only in Spain and Latin America and it's so difficult to sell in those markets. Mm. And then when COVID hits, I moved to Finland, not physically, right, but selling online to, to Finnish market. Yeah. And that was amazing. So right now, for example, my German AE, who used to sell only in Germany, is selling everywhere. She's super happy. (laughs) Because in the Nordics and in the Netherlands, it's way easier than in Germany. Yeah. 
So she's doing way better than before. So that's the the good part of it. And mm. then the downside or the things that didn't go as well. Mm, I think that could be more related on how they cope with change. Mm. Uh, so getting used to a new way of working yeah. um, while maintaining the focus. But if you see up, if you have a look at the performance and results, it's just been better. Mm. Cool. And and uh, I think uh, as you're like onto, there are a couple of markets that are easier and uh, a bit more difficult. And for the ones that are used to the the more tough experience, that's going to be a walk in the park. But uh, for the other people, that might be a big uh, big change and uh, perhaps something that uh, will be difficult in the beginning, but then it will like open up. Definitely. Definitely a lot of uh, practicing as well and uh, adapting also your way of selling to different cultures. Mm. And and that's one thing that I'm reacting on because for me at least I've noticed that there's a huge difference in terms of like Sweden and Denmark, both in culture and selling and how the competition looks. Has that been a, a big challenge? And like, how have you made sure to use a lot of knowledge sharing to like educate the people on how to sell or uh, how to handle objections in terms of the local competition? Uh, yeah, so of course, every time that we uh, have a meeting with um, a client in a different market, we do a quick research on competitors and so on. Yeah. Objections, they don't really change per market, to be honest. They're always the same objections everywhere. I think the, the main difference comes from your body language, the way you interact with a prospect. That really, really, really changes. So yeah. Um, we all know in the north, uh, and you gave me two examples of Nordic markets, but for me they're quite similar. So when I have a meeting with someone from the Nordics, I'm way more professional or like stiff, uh, straight to the point mm. uh, because they like efficiency. Uh, but then I also train my team that if they have meetings with the south, we really have to chit chat. You really have to become their friends. Yeah. The less you talk about work, the better, uh, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm. That's why it sells don't go that well in the South. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, let's uh, move into uh, a, a segment called the quick ones. So I'm going to shoot some quick questions and I want quick answers. Oh, okay. Are, are you ready? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, come on. Yes. Okay, let's go. All right. So favorite tool in your revenue tech stack? Very tool. Um, wow, Vidyard for video pitching. Yeah, and uh, one thing that you use uh, ChatGPT for? Uh, rewrite my notes and structure all my notes from meetings. Yeah. And uh, would you say that when calling and you're not reaching the person, should you leave a voicemail or not? Yes, but after the second try, not the first try. Okay, and why is that? Because if you leave a message, if you leave the message straight from the first call and then you try to call again, they know who you are and probably they won't pick up. <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> enough. And uh, what is the best thing about Sauce? Uh, again, culture environments. And what is the worst worst thing about Sauce? Uh, ooh, maybe I'm not allowed to say this, but ah. probably that. Uh, but that's very personal for me. I don't know if it counts. Mm. It's, I, I secretly don't like tech. 
<laughs> well, we shouldn't say that in this podcast. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, yeah, that's just me. Yeah. But yeah. nothing wrong about the industry itself, okay. I have to say. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> All right. And the last thing, if, um, if I were to ask your team, what is the most common question that uh, Christina asks them? What, what would they say? Ooh, the most common question. Um, what, what were the best things that happened to you the week before, but also challenges? So we start the day like that. Share practices. Okay, so so the best things and the, the challenges. And the challenges. Mm-hmm. Cool. Nice, thanks. You you did well. We can leave the, the quick uh, quick segment. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> and I want to move into a bit about talking um, about motivation. Um, because in these times, it's quite obvious that the market is not perfect and the sales cycles are longer and the decision make, uh, makers are m- like multiple people compared to before with tight budgets and everything. Uh, how do you ensure to support your sales reps in that environment and like help them uh, in their sales process and and make sure that they are on top of things yeah so motivation motivation what Mm. a topic um so for me it's very important to to really um make sure their uh, hurts that I'm here for them. So really mentor them, coach them, having one-to-ones, so very personalized training. So they see also they're growing in the company and they're improving. Otherwise, if they feel stuck, uh, the motivation, of course, go low. Um, Opening new initiatives, uh, that also gives some, yeah, energy because we're doing new things like reverse and the events. The events is actually something that is really helping for motivation because it's also like a trip with yeah. friends for us. And uh, yeah, you saw how much fun we have at the event. Yeah. Um, and also making sure that the yeah the, the culture is still good. Team outings, as I said before, that really helps when it comes to motivation because I think if you have uh, or if you're doing bad at work on results and then you also have a, a very shitty environment and you don't have any reason to wake up in the morning. Um, so yeah yeah I, I think that the events are definitely one thing that's uh, like helping out and especially if you're able to close deals from it as well that's uh, energy and also uh, obviously an, an ROI as you said yeah yeah I think it's super important to keep a positive mindset and if you see that um, Alban is not working that well that you can think about solutions and uh, make sure that you have the confidence or at least the team is confident um, that we're going to be able to reach the target. We have solutions. It's going to happen. So positive mindset. Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned a bit about like the things that you ask them every week. And how do you say that you create the space for personal development in your sales team? Personal development, do you mean like uh, how do I make sure that they just learn by themselves or? Yeah, I mean, how how can they achieve knowledge sharing from each other? How can they learn more things from an external point of view or like share reasons for why they lost the deal or won the deal and similar? 
Yeah, so we have morning meetings when we share the, that type of information. We also have a channel in Slack to share books, interesting books, podcasts as well, mm-hmm. uh, any content that could be helpful. Um, uh, we also have an external trainer. Uh, we have a lot of one-to-ones. Uh, we do a lot of role plays as well in the company. Yeah. Um, and I also wanted to give the space to the BDRs, for example, to meet without me. Uh, because if I'm in there all the time, maybe they don't feel they can share everything. Maybe they yeah, sometimes they want to keep some stuff for themselves. Yeah. So they also have their own meetings without me. Yeah. And, and uh, you mentioned the coach. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So um, I actually met her yesterday because we're building together a new plan. So she's the coach that I had when I started at Contento. Then we stopped until the strategy was finalized. And then we decided that we want to change the focus or the structure in my team. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to tell you yet, mm-hmm. but I'm building the plan with her. So it's going to be a combination of in-house uh, training with her. And with her, it's going to be theoretical lessons, but also role plays, also one-to-ones. And I'm going to send her some of the video pitches the guys do so he can, she can also give feedback. Oh. Very complete. Yeah, yeah. And what would you say is the, the main theme for the coaching? Is it like uh, prospecting or, or do better qualification or the full size cycle or? AE um, skills. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And especially, yeah, something super important for me that I also mentioned before is uh, relationship building skills and consultative selling. So a lot of uh, active listening and asking in-depth questions. Um, yeah. Mm, interesting. You'll have to let me know how, how that project goes. Yeah, yeah, I'll let you know. And the uh, last one on, on that topic in terms of like knowledge sharing, uh, one deals, lost deals. How do you evaluate what went well and what didn't? And like... How do you create that space? You mentioned something like Monday mornings. Do you like bring up a PowerPoint to bring up the, the pipeline or how do you do it? Yeah, so that's something that I'm starting to do now uh, because we yeah we didn't use to, to do it ba- uh, back in the days. So now I have a monthly meeting with CSM, yeah. Client Success Management Team, uh, where among all the topics in the agenda, we talk about good deals and bad deals uh, or like things that we can learn from it or improve. Um, so they gave me the info. Um, so that could be, I don't know if we made any mistake on the pricing or we communicated something wrong, which can of course happen, uh, or something in the contract, whatever. And then I take that information and I give it to my team in the monthly team meeting with ha- we have. So mm. we have also a sales monthly meeting. And that's something that you do monthly with the CSM? Yeah. Yeah. And then you bring up the last month or? Yeah. We talk about the previous months indeed. Yeah. Cool. And, and uh, like, I think it's easy to like, okay, we found a good one or we found a bad one and we're going to, we're going to tell it to the person who sold it that this was good or this was bad, but how do you make sure that you actually implement change because of it? Yeah. Uh, well, if it is like, well, first of all, I don't tell only the person, uh, I talk to the whole group so we can all learn from it, yeah. the good and the bad. Um, we, for example, if it is a mistake in the pricing, because we have standardized pricing for standardized markets or industries, 
to give you an example, that will be an easy industry based in Germany. And then we have exclusive pricing for like a very niche industry and or a market that can be Japan or Vietnam or, you know, like a difficult language to to, to source. Uh, and then the AE made a mistake. Well, in that case, uh, when we talk about it in the meeting, I just ask a question to the whole team. Do you guys know the difference between standard and exclusive? So I just make sure that everybody knows. So the power of repetition, basically. Mm-hmm. And if this is something that keeps happening, then we make adjustments in Notion and stuff, you know, in the structure itself. Yeah, yeah, it makes a uh, makes a lot of sense. And uh, talking a bit about uh, like those kind of things and knowledge sharing and best practice, uh, do you have any best practice advice that you've gotten or heard, either in sales or like career advice in general? Yeah, uh, work hard, play hard. <laughs> 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 yeah no definitely for real i think it's um for me at least it's super important to have the right balance when it comes to personal life and, and work life so you have to know also how to have fun mm. outside of work but with your colleagues and if you decide to have fun you have to work also hard you know so i've been always a very hard worker i have to say not ambitious at all um believe it or not, but not ambitious, just hard worker. Yeah, good. And uh, anything in particular in, in sales that you uh, can share? Because, um, like, how to succeed? Yeah. Yeah. Um, time management, for sure. And how, how do you do it? Um, um, I like to block different times in my agenda. Um, also leaving some time to execute, so focus time. And when I used to do sales, I also set goals, daily goals, and even morning and afternoon goals. So, for example, I'm not going to have lunch until I book one meeting or until I do something. So very A lot of late lunches. or <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, yeah. I've done a lot of also extra hours with that uh, mindset as well. Um, yeah, so time management and... And really be proactive. Super important to be proactive. Mm. Ask questions, ask questions, and try to learn also by yourself, listening to podcasts or anything. Yeah. Good. And uh, I think there's a, maybe a southern approach to to the work hard, play hard, and the work life balance because I feel that a lot of people in the Nordics they they are their job basically. Like you coming from Spain, it it's my feeling at least is that you have a more uh, like healthy balance or harmony between the work and the outside work? Mm, well, that's a very interesting uh, statement because I do agree, but I don't agree in the sense of <laughs> for us, Southern, it is super important our personal life more than in the North, I would say. Yeah. But you respect way more uh, the, the working hours. So, uh, for example, in Amsterdam at 5 p.m., everybody close the laptop and you're gone. Um, in yeah. the south, is a lot of extra hours, even though you don't have anything to do. Um, you have to stay till 8, 9 p.m. Um, right, because of the siesta. <laughs> that's a cliche. <laughs> yeah, it is, but okay. No, that's only happening in the weekends and holiday. Okay. Um, no, but it's a lot of like showing that you're working, even though you're not working. 
Yeah. And in the north, it's more like efficiency. But then, yes, I agree that for us, personal life is actually more important. Mm. And, and talking about this, it's uh, difficult to not get into the work-life balance. Uh, would you say that you have a good work-life balance? And if yes, how do you maintain to achieve it? Yes. Uh, so one of the things is what I mentioned that um, here it's, it's not a problem if you live at 5 p.m. That's super important to maintain a good balance. Right. Um, and after I go home, no Slack, no emails, classic. If you're going completely, on holiday... Completely silent. Uh, yeah, completely silent. Yeah, wow. and if it is really an emergency or like yeah, someone really needs me, they can always call me, my phone. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't check Slack. Or Th- does that happen often that someone no. calls after? No. Really? I mean, the, talking about sales and it feels like you're in different time zones and deals. Uh, no. 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 Okay. No, yeah. because yeah, like ninety percent of our clients are in Europe. Mm. Same time zone. No. Yeah. Okay. Should I in Flowbox? Yeah, because I was in South America as well. But in my current job, no. Good. And uh, very important, if you're going on holiday, do a proper handover. Because I made a mistake this summer and then my phone was yeah, on fire the whole time that I was off. Yeah. So, yeah, good handover. Yeah. Anything else on the like work-life balance, uh, things that you've seen or, or felt at, uh, at your job? Yeah, I, maybe some people won't agree, but in my eyes, um, we spend so many hours at work and in the office that it's super important to feel that your work is also part of your personal life in the sense that you have fun going to work, your colleagues are your friends. Um, and for me, sometimes it feels like going to school when I was a kid, you know? Yeah. Um that's why I try to choose these type of companies where you can really talk about anything. And I go on trips with my colleagues or like they're my, my, my friends. Mm. But I mean, that, that, that sounds great and everything, but how do you make sure to have fun? Would you say that it's like super easy because of the culture and therefore like the onboarding or sorry, the hiring is what like defines the whole thing or how do you implement that day to day? Well, yeah, definitely the hiring. So we make sure we hire people with the same mindset and, and uh, yeah, same type of person kind of. Sure. Um, and then together with HR, we we also sit down a lot, a lot all the managers to, to brief on how can we improve or what do we see when it comes to the culture. Um, so for example, we recently to we recently implemented a team out in not for the whole company, but department with departments. So yeah. next week we have sales CSM. And last month we had sales products. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So we, yeah, together with the managers and with HR, we implement many things to make sure that everybody feels like we're friends and everybody's happy. Mm. That's good. And the last topic I want to cover is uh, part of the, the hiring stuff because uh, like culture, in order to set a good culture, you obviously have to start with getting the right people on board. Uh, can you tell me a bit about maybe what you're looking for and how you test it in making sure that you get the right people on board? Yeah. So, of course, there's a lot of gut feeling. <laughs> yeah, you is. feel the person's going to be a match or not. Yeah. Um, but I really appreciate when the candidate asks questions about the company. Yeah. Because an interview should also be both sense, yeah. right? It goes both ways. Um, 
also when when uh, you see that the person the candidate is really motivated to work at our company and not just applying everywhere so they've done the research they uh, like the products uh, they know what we do and so on um, I also like when they know a little bit of sales, so they ask us questions on kind of, yeah, there was a unit, was the AR and the cycle and so on. Yeah. And uh, we also ask them personal questions uh, to make sure these are cultural fits, like if, um, what are their hobbies or if they party sometimes or not, you know, like. Work hard for AR. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And do you do some sort of uh, like uh, case in the interview process? I uh, met HR this morning to change it, mm. actually. From or to? Yeah. So we used to have a case study. Yeah. And now we're going to have a role play. Okay. Yeah. Uh, role play on a discovery call. So they uh, play the, yeah, the AE, of course, and then I will play the, the prospects. Right. And uh, yeah, I said some on hidden needs they need to find out and uh, things like that. Yeah. But is it anything related to demoing the product or is it more like a qualification dialogue? Qualification dialogue. I assume they don't, they don't know everything about the product, of course, so that will be too tough. Yeah. And considering the average data size and the, the sales cycle, I can imagine there's a, a lot to learn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. No more. Uh, what I would like to test is if they're able to, to dig deeper, ask the right questions, active listening, um, also closing, making sure the follow-up is booked with the decision makers. Yeah. All the all the boxes are tick, basically. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, time to wrap up. I'm curious if you have any names for me in terms of like uh, revenue sauce leaders in Europe or the world that you think would be a good guest for me at the podcast. Yes, I do. So two of my friends. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Antoine Menoret. Uh, I will, I will yeah, uh, read that do. also in the chat. <laughs> so I met him at Flowbox yeah. and he's now my best friend. Uh, we were both team leaders and now he's also sales director. Which for company? The French markets, Amberscript. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second, Amberscript, by the way, is a Dutch company. Um, yeah. Quite well known here. And the second one is uh, Rule Who the Makers. So uh, also Flowbox. Yeah. When I joined the company, he was an AE. And then when I was there, he got promoted as head of sales. So he became my, my boss. And he's still the head of sales of Flowbox. I think now for like three years, I believe. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds like uh, two very good uh, podcast pipe people to prospect. Yeah, you, you will like them. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Uh, I'm going to wrap up a bit and talk about my three key takeaways from uh, from your chat uh, or, more, or my chat with you. Uh, one that I'm taking with me is the uh, like monthly meeting with customer success to evaluate the good and the bad and also to bring that back to the whole team to basically understand what, is, uh, what has gone well and not. Another one, I liked it. Uh, I used to set daily goals, but I like how you break it down even more and do the morning and afternoon. Uh, that's something that I'm going to try to uh, to talk more about. Uh, and also the uh, last but not least reversed channel in terms of setting up meetings with ICP. Uh, I think that's uh, brilliant. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Awesome. You'll have to let me know how it goes implementing those initiatives. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I will. Okay, 
Curtis. Christina, thank you so much for, for joining. And uh, I wish you and the content to all the best. Thank you so much. And have a good day. You too. Take care. Bye. All right, shifting the focus to you that's been listening, just want to remind you that this is an interactive podcast, so hit the link in the episode description. There, you can join the discussion with other listeners and comment on episodes. You can also submit ideas for upcoming guests, topics, or simply upvote what other people have already suggested. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it to someone that might be curious, friends, co-worker, or that random person in your LinkedIn feed. Last but not least, leave a rating if you enjoyed it. While we're at it, add me on LinkedIn to see short video clips from the podcast and enjoy the rest of your day. See ya. Last quarter, I smashed my quota. Short memory, I forgot what I sold you. Sales pro wisdom like Yoda. I want to witch my prospects. That's your phone up. Now you got me hitting the phones. I'm in sales. I love hitting the phones. One call closer while sitting at home. I'm in sales. I love hitting the phones. Last quarter, I smashed my quota. Short memory, I forgot what I sold you. Sales pro wisdom like Yoda. I want to witch my prospects. That's your phone up. Now you got me hitting the phones. I'm in sales. I love hitting the phones. Phones. Gotta hit the phone. One call closed, so I'm sitting at home. I'm in sales, I love hitting the phone. Gotta hit the phone.